0: We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll, $250 in cash, and a $250 gift card is going to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app.
1: Welcome to a longer, wider field. (laughs) Welcome to the Waggle. I think Nick Debsky just got tip no, no, Thank you, man. He just got a tip no, from, no, a, no, from no, a fan. No, no. That's incentive to go back to the end zone, isn't it? Welcome to the
0: Rouge.
1: Down the sideline goes Alexson. He's going to score. A touchdown.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
1: Welcome to Three Down Football. Welcome to the CFL Gambling Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and CFL Jim.
0: It is, of course, the CFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Rod Gomez. He is Justin Mark. And Justin, my friend, we have reached the final week of the Canadian football season as the Grey Cup, the 109th Grey Cup, kicks off in uh, Regina, in the Mosaic Stadium out there in Saskatchewan. Uh, I'm I'm sad but I'm happy at the same time Justin. This this time always hits me in the feels.
1: The the 109th, but let's not forget Justin Marks first Grey Cup. So I'm very excited. Um, I did watch um, the last Grey Cup cuz it was I could watch it on um, rerun. So when I started to jump in I was like I'm going to watch last the last one see how it went. Um but yeah, I'm I'm super excited to experience that and I feel like they put it at a really good time slot because, you know, if you're just a football fan and so you're comparing NFL, CFL, the NFL afternoon games aren't that good. And they're already going to be, you know, about halfway through when the Grey Cup starts. Grey Cup will be getting close to done by that evening game. So, like, I think it's a perfect time slot, too.
0: All I'm saying is this: If you go follow the SGP and God's Eye on Twitter, you'll see their setup. Obviously, not all of us can have the God's Eye in our house, but most of us have a couple of screens that we follow on, anyways, right? And there's no, there's no NASCAR. There's no. Uh, I mean, you could put F1 on as well, but you know, the the Grey Cup deserves to have the main screen. In your house, whatever that is, because it is quality entertaining. And look, it's at Mosaic, and Mosaic gets loud. And I can only imagine, as a, as a former CFL podcaster, I have so many friends that are out there right now experiencing Grey cup week because it's not just a couple of days out there. These guys go out for the entire week. Media Row. Uh, I have uh, the my friend uh, Travis uh, Travis Kura who hosts the Two and Out CFL podcast. He was out there taking pictures with Bo Levi Mitchell and, you know, hanging out with Bo, who's about to probably become the new Thai Cats or, or now the writers. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of speculation out there where he's going to go, but uh, these guys do it right. So, Justin, here's my thing to you, my friend. Next year, we need to go to the 110th Grey Cup, shall we?
1: Yeah, let's try to let's try to make that happen.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot left on the table every time I go out and and watch my friends have fun out there in in the Great Cup uh, world. So I'm ready for it. I want to do it. I think we should.
1: And I think uh, you know I haven't looked into it um, as far as the Great Cup, but like ticket prices are pretty decent. I feel like, Even especially when Cup. you know you compare it to like the NFL, Wait, <laughs> where nobody I- can go unless you're. Making loads of money.
0: Ticket prices, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going we're going on the on the dime. We're we're going uh, media all go. the way, my friend. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> that's how we roll. But uh, yes, so it is the Grey Cup. It is the Toronto Argonauts taking on the two-time Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Last week was the East uh, East and West finals, and it was Toronto beating Montreal thirty-four to twenty-seven to make it. Whereas Winnipeg hung on. To beat BC 28 to 20. I know the BC Lions, <laughs> that was the story, if ever there was one, but unfortunately they just could not take down Goliath.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of a slow start. I think had they not started slowly in that game, they probably could have pushed it even closer towards the end there. But um, it is what it is. Unfortunately, you know, when you break it down, it's like, will the BC Lions be back to that competitive level? Because now all the reports that um, Nathan Rourke's getting NFL looks and can start trying out for teams. So, you you know you don't know if that that competitive of a team is going to be back if he's not there. But um, they still had a really great season. It was fun watching them. Um, I feel like they were kind of like the surprise team from everything I read and saw. Nobody expected them to be that good.
0: Well, no. And and because the last few seasons, they have not necessarily been that good. They have been on the outside looking in of the West. It's been Calgary. It's been Winnipeg. It was even Saskatchewan for a little while. And BC, and of course Edmonton, we've we've documented their woes all season long. But for the most part, yeah, BC was that, that team that was kind of looking out there saying, can I play with you guys? And all the big boys were like, no, nah, get out of here. Uh, but this year, they couldn't ignore them anymore. This year, BC was a force to be reckoned with. And of course, now we're going to see what Rick Campbell does as yet another quarterback leaves for probably the NFL, at least a good couple of looks. And, I mean, honestly, Justin, we're, we're Spring League folks anyways. There's also opportunities out there in the XFL, in the USFL, uh, should those guys start looking around. Obviously, he's probably not going to play for them this season as rosters are already set, but who knows, right? I mean, this is a, a, a XFL season coming up in February, we very well could see, uh, or USFL, Nathan Rourke playing in one of those leagues as well. So who knows?
1: Yeah, one injury or one bad training camp is all it takes for them to say, we're bringing the next guy in.
0: Yeah, because I mean, if you look at the XFL quarterbacks, and obviously this is not an XFL show, there are not a lot of guys that uh, that you recognize from other leagues out there. I mean, there's a few big names, but by and large, you kind of look at that up and down and go, who? Uh, yeah. Who?
1: Yeah, a lot of guys that, that, you know, they kind of got looks in the NFL, but never really had the opportunity to start, or they were even cut before training camps even started. So, um, yeah, uh, and, and it's not the XFL podcast, but you you probably will be hearing our voices if you're spring football fans on XFL podcasts. So stay tuned for that. Oh, I guarantee but, um, you. But yeah. one of the things I loved just to talk, kind of recap my first year of CFL, one of the things I loved was almost the entire year, nobody was out of the race of the playoffs because there's so few teams. I've seen so many posts of people on social media saying they need to add more and more teams, which I get. You get more competitive um, when you have more teams, but it was really fun seeing that like nobody was out of this until the last several weeks there. Everybody had a shot at the playoffs, so everybody's playing their hearts out, trying to get it together to win the next game. And I just thought that was really nice. You don't see anybody tanking, no writing it in. Everybody's just playing their asses off to try to squeeze into the playoffs.
0: And that's how it is year after year. I mean, you, even like you said with the East, the the East is not always as competitive as the West when it comes to records wise, but doesn't matter because only a couple of games separate the final playoff spot in the East. Almost all the time. Doesn't matter if you're seven and, and seven heading into the final couple of weeks or four and seven. It's just, it's a matter of, of where you sit, right? And if you're only a couple of games away, it only takes a couple of games. And more often than not, shoot, we saw it here going in where Winnipeg played BC three times in a row to get there. Like Toronto played Montreal almost 18 times this season to get to where they're at. So, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it can all change like that, especially since you're playing the same teams a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it makes for good football. Makes for really good football, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I've always had a soft spot for the CFL ever since I started following it a few years ago. And it's just, the league never really disappoints uh, to me. Anyways, I know that there's a lot of Canadians out there that that wish their sport was a little bit more whatever. I don't know. But to me, I just love it. I mean, I, I love the quaintness of it. I love the fact that it's not the NFL, to be honest with you. Agreed. So, um, all right, again, so we talked about it. Winnipeg beating BC, uh, Toronto beating Montreal. What would you think of that Montreal-Toronto uh, game? That that one, I expected a little more out of Montreal. I Look, I said it. I said it a couple of weeks ago that I know Trevor Harris. I know I've seen this, this play before, and this is exactly how I thought it was going to be with Trevor, but I, I expected more out of Montreal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Um, in fact, I thought this would be, even though it was a fairly close game, I thought it would be closer. Um, but it, both teams just playing their asses off. Just one of them made, uh, two, too few many mistakes there.
0: Well, Andrew Harris, too, man. That dude, I mean, they said it going in in the broadcast, and really it's true. I mean, Andrew Harris would have faced a a former team no matter which one of BC or Hamill, or uh, I'm sorry, Winnipeg would have gotten in because obviously uh, Andrew started with the the Lions and then moved over to the Bombers. uh, Really big name with the Bombers. But, you know, having Andrew Harris back was gigantic for Toronto. So for him to come back, score a couple touchdowns, just look as dominant as he did i i fear i mean I, we'll talk about it here in a second but i fear what he's about to do to winnipeg
1: yeah agreed um he ran hard for sure and they are very thankful to have him back no doubt
0: so let's get into it then, because obviously, like I said, it is going to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, taking on the Andrew Harris-led Toronto Argonauts in the Grey Cup. It is happening on Sunday afternoon, six p.m. Eastern time. So uh, make sure and look, it's it's going to be in Mosaic. It's going to be freezing cold. There was there was snow on the ground for that Western final, which is crazy because a lot of times you see the Eastern final with snow on the ground, but no, there was West uh, There was snow in winnipeg for that game uh so there will still be probably shades of something on the ground going into saskatchewan as well
1: yep which makes for good football i think i love snow games
0: yeah it's fantastic that's why i love so there was that game that toronto played in in 2017 that was just that the field was covered in snow and uh and they they had a beautiful couple of plays out there that when it the backdrop against the snow was just gorgeous so i'm looking forward to Maybe some of that out there in Saskatchewan as well, for sure. Uh, all right, so the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, no surprise, enter this as eh, I mean minus five and a half is is where you can find it. Some places, uh, some places have it set at six. So I mean, depending on which side of the fence you're on, uh, you may want that half a point <laughs> if you're on Toronto for this. But I, I'm I'm not even sure if if I can even justify. Eh, well, maybe I can. We'll talk about that in a second. But anyways, minus 5.5 for Winnipeg as they move in. Uh, on the money line, I mean, you're you're anywhere between 240, 245. some cases, 238 if you can find it there. Over-under on this one is set at 47.5 uh, or 48 on some books as well. But, uh, Justin, let's just break into it right now. Winnipeg, minus 5.5. All of these games have been close, relatively close. And when you look back at, uh, at what they've done, I mean, Toronto's been able to keep it close, but this is Winnipeg. This is the Grey Cup. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, this. Um, I was really interested to see where this line came out at because it was clear that Winnipeg was going to be a favorite. Um, it was just a matter of how much of a favorite. I honestly expected it would be a touchdown. Um, so it's interesting that it is at five and a half. That's really just kind of a weird number that it settled at. Uh <laughs> All year, we kind of led up to, man, Winnipeg's the team to beat, right? All year, you just knew, um, it just had that feeling that they were going to be back there playing in the Great Cup, and who would they be facing? Who's going to play Winnipeg? was kind of how we felt unless BC happened to upset them, which didn't happen. And As much as I want to roll with Toronto here, as much as I think that would be um, great just to see them win it, kind of take that from Winnipeg, I don't see how anybody beats this Winnipeg team. I don't care who they're playing, Toronto, whether it was Montreal. I just didn't see them losing it if they got in there. And with it only being five and a half, uh, I think I'm going to take those points because I, I think they win by a touchdown at least.
0: You know, on some books, this opened at four and a half. So, I mean, the lines have already moved to to Winnipeg being favored even more. I, I'm not exactly sure why, but I mean, I get it. It is Winnipeg, but Zach Kalaros is not... He doesn't jump off the page. I mean, I know that the that the Bombers put up, uh, what was it, 34 points, or 37 points, rather, uh, last week. But I feel like Kalaros did not play the best football in that. So, you know, I don't know. But interestingly enough, Justin, if you go back, the last couple of matchups uh, Toronto has been four, four-and-a-half-point underdogs, they've covered both times. Uh, earlier this year in July, they barely lost. It was a twenty-three, twenty-two win for Winnipeg uh, over Toronto, and then of course in twenty twenty-one, it was a thirty-to-twenty-three uh, win for the Toronto Argonauts against the Bombers, uh, which obviously covered their four and a half point spread. So I, I guess I understand where some of the books are leaning toward on this uh, this point spread, but again, this this is the Grey Cup. This is Winnipeg. They've done this 2 years in a row. They they were very much I don't want to say they weren't uh they they weren't heavily favored going into that Ticats Cats game, but the Tie Cats were given a lot of credit and they were a scrappy team. Uh obviously we know Winnipeg won, but you know, they're going after something that very rarely happens and that's three Grey Cups in a row. And I don't know that they're going to let up on anybody. Uh they they came in 16 and 3. Uh, on this season, obviously, that's including the playoffs. Toronto 12-7, and seven, including the playoffs. So, I mean, you got to take Winnipeg at this point because as much as Toronto's going to give them credit, and look, Toronto won their their last Great Cup as underdogs anyways, too. I don't think anybody was really giving them much credit anyways to beat the Stamps, but they did. So, uh, they'll, they'll, give, they'll give them hell, and, and I know that McLeod Bethel-Thompson has a lot, and obviously, like I said, Andrew Harris going up against his longtime team, uh, is going to have a lot for him, but you know these Winnipeg Blue Bombers—they got Demski, they've got Schoen, they've got Oliveira themselves. They—they got the guy that's a thousand-yard rusher that took over for Andrew Harris. They're loaded. And defensively, I mean Jefferson, uh, Jefferson and Jeff Code and uh, all those guys, yeah, they're they're loaded.
1: Jeff Code's one of my favorite defenders to watch. he's just he plays with a high motor. He's a tough guy. I really like watching him. Um, interesting enough. Enough. The last time these guys played, it was just a one-point game. Winnipeg won 23-22. So will Toronto be able to f- kind of find that where they can slow the game, slow Winnipeg's um, offense, and stay close, you know, and push it to maybe a last possession? I, I'm with you. I, I think this is just kind of a destined thing. I think Winnipeg is really wanting to prove that, hey, we can have these three Grey Cups, you know, and that this is kind of our dynasty and I think that I don't think there's anything that's going to get in their way. Um, as much as I think Toronto's going to put up a fight, I don't think they can stop them.
0: I was thinking, well, and here's the thing: if BC could not do it, I don't think Toronto can do it. BC Agreed. way more loaded, and and here's the thing too: you look at what BC did to James Butler last week, right? Butler was one of the best running backs in the league all season long, and and they just bottled him up. He had like four yards. To, on twelve carries or something like that to start the, the game, it was ridiculous. And so, I mean, I know Andrew Harris is a different kind of character. I know he's got a lot riding on it. But if they can do that to James Butler, they can stop Andrew. And they've known they know Andrew. A lot of these guys have played with Andrew Harris not so long ago, so they know his mo- they know what he's up uh, or what he's capable of. So yeah, I, I don't know that. Uh, I, I know Andrew Harris is going to get his. I know that. But I think the damage could be limited, uh, just like they did with Butler.
1: Yeah, 100% agreed.
0: So, um, and also let's not forget about Adam Big Hill on defense too. Uh, Winnipeg definitely—that is the heart and soul of that defense. So I, yeah, I'm gonna go Winnipeg, and I'm gonna take the five and a half because, as much as I think Toronto can cover in this instance, I just think five and a half is too much to ask for. I think this is gonna definitely be about a touchdown win for. This isn't gonna come down to a field goal. This is gonna be Winnipeg trying to win by by at least a touchdown.
1: Yep, agreed. And and if it was at seven, I'd be really on the fence. But at five and a half, I, I feel fairly confident with Winnipeg there. Uh
0: indeed. So and then as far as money line is concerned, go ahead and lay it if you want. But I still think I, I still think two hundred thirty eight, two forty five is too much for me to wanna to lay on the money line.
1: Yeah, agreed. If a money line's anywhere over two hundred, I normally don't even consider it unless I'm wrapping it up in some sort of parlay, but this is the only CFL game. So there's no CFL games to parlay with it unless you're going to do some cross sport thing. So, um, yeah, I agree. Moneyline's just too juiced.
0: Yeah, Unless it's F1 and then, you know, you, you lay the juice in F1 because you got no choice. (laughs) There's Everything is juiced that high. Um, all right. So let's talk about the over under, like I said, set about 47 and a half, 48. Um, this one's tough for me in that, Toronto, I know, has hit the over in three of the last four of their games. Granted, three of their games were against Montreal, (laughs) and the other one was against the Elks. Whereas, uh, Winnipeg has not hit their over, and in fact barely got to exactly 48. Now, if this were 47.5 last week, they would have gotten over. Um, But I don't know. It's just tough to me. Of course, the last three games have been against BC for Winnipeg, so I don't know what to do with this uh, this over-under
1: yeah you kind of hit on it earlier about how you know they just got done playing bc and bc's a better team than toronto bc only put up 20 points to me that's the kind of ceiling for toronto then so at that point do i think winnipeg's gonna score 28 to get over that um i'm really stuck on that because i i really think it would be like 27 to 20 which would be right at that 47 so I think because of that and because I don't think Toronto's going to get to the 20, I'm going to take the under.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that when you talked me into it, because you're right. It's I don't I, this is probably going to end up more like a uh, a game that they played even even last time. Right. Last time was 23-22. So that was forty five points. And there was no I mean, it was over in that instance, but the over under was set at forty four at that point, <laughs> not forty seven. So I have a feeling that this is going to be more of that game. Rather than, especially because it's going to be cold. It's going to be very mm-hmm. cold in Saskatchewan. So there's probably going to be a lot of, of running, a lot of short passes, a lot of clock management. And, and you know, in Grey Cups, we don't necessarily see the highest scoring games out there. So uh, I, I definitely have a feeling that this is going to be another low scoring affair. So I'll, I'll go with you on the under 47 and a half. It's still going to be fun. There's going to be plenty to watch, mm-hmm. but, you know.
1: Yeah. 25 to 17 that's my prediction that'll put it right at 42
0: 25 17 wow that's a couple of rouges in there yep (laughs) you you love the rouge i know you do
1: i do i do it's um just such a unique part of the game that you really you know you don't get when you're when you're used to just watching the NFL, um, you don't get that kind of stuff. And so, when I first saw it, I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> I why, just loved it. <laughs>
0: why did he not just down it? Why? Why is he not exactly. it Yeah, why is he taking it out of the end zone when it? You know, literally, you're on the four, 14 yard line. You can't. What? I don't get this. <laughs>
1: It was, that was my first reaction. I was like, why is he returning that? Just down it. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> because you down it. You give up a point. You can't do yep. that. Um, well, and, and what I, what I actually enjoy the most about it too, is, is a whole different level of strategy when you can't just down the ball and say, I'll take yeah. it at the 25. For sure. So, uh, take a look back at some of the, the last, uh, great cup scores though. And, uh, 33, 25 was last year's Hamilton, uh, Winnipeg 33, Calgary 12 the year before that, 27-16, it was Ottawa and uh, the the Stamps. And then, you know, I mean, a, there were actually a lot more high-scoring games than I, than I thought over the last few years. Um, yeah, maybe I'm just wrapped up in the action and not necessarily paying attention to the score at the <laughs> end. Uh, but even still, like, th- yeah, these two teams, they have great defenses, both of them, so... I'm not scared to take the under on this as well. Um, All right, Justin. Well, let's just recap. We both have Winnipeg minus five and a half. Neither one of us are going to touch the money line on this one, unless you're going to parlay it with something else, Uh, maybe an NFL game or something, maybe a Monday night game, whatever you want to do. But of course we're both on under 47 and a half, although it wouldn't break my heart if it was over 47, because that would mean that there's a lot of great scoring going on. So um, we'll see that too, but, Uh, All right. So, Justin, here's what we're going to do. We're going to step away for an ad break because this is going to be a double episode. We're going to come back and talk about uh, some DFS. There's only one game on the slate, which means it's a CFL showdown slate. Um, So we'll give you a couple of options to look at going into your DFS uh, weekend for the CFL. The last one of the year. <laughs> so sad. But we'll be right back after the break to break down some DFS for you as well. But first, let me ask you: are You ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards and right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. During that WinBet Win Hour, Marquee Games of the Week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. You want great promos, odds, payouts? It's all happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Go sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. Bet $100, win a $100. So much to choose from, and all you got to do is head over to SportsGamilyPodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to chain terms, get to www.wembet.com. 21 or older and present in the state of playthrough web is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup free roll. $250 cash and a $250 gift card to the merch store is going to the winner. Go enter today exclusively on the SGPN app and make sure to check out all the World Cup content on sportscavelingpodcast.com. Holidays are right around the corner. You know what that means. Gift-giving anxiety is all up right now, and you don't know what to do for that degen in your life. Well, I do. Hit the SGPN Merch Store. You will find a ton of great stuff. Go buy a CFL Gambling Podcast coffee mug. Go buy a CFL Gambling Podcast hoodie. Wear that thing proudly around your favorite city stores and have them asking you where you got it from. You got it from the SGPN Merch Store. Plus, there's a fantastic holiday sweater. It's got the Let It Ride emblazoned right on it. Wear that to all your holiday parties and have them ask you what does that mean? And then you tell them that is the motto of the SGPN. Plus, now from Thanksgiving, you're going to get 10 percent off when you use the promo code Dallas Sucks Forever. The company motto. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Promo code Dallas Sucks. I say that with a twinge of of just uh, like I cringe a little because my wife is a Dallas Cowboys fan, so it's. It's hard <laughs> for me, hard for me to say that and and not you know duck for cover.
1: That, that's all right. Mine um, comes from a family of Packer fans, and I converted her to a Bears fan. So, Ooh-hoo-hoo. yeah,
0: <laughs> you are not a family favorite, are you?
1: Nope, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh,
0: that's like being a Saskatchewan fan and having been converted to anything other than a Saskatchewan <laughs> fan. Uh, all right, well, Saskatchewan is the place where the Grey Cup will be. Mosaic Stadium will be not just green but probably blue and gold in a whole ton of blue actually it'll be a ton of blue as both both teams have blue in them the Toronto Argonauts double blue versus the Winnipeg Blue bombers blue
1: I like the Argonauts blue I mean blue is one of my favorite colors but just the uh, the color combo of the blues that they have just looks it looks nice
0: double blue is has always been yeah I mean uh, granted I'm I'm favor of the red blacks but still double blue definitely has that nice little appeal so uh all right look because there's only one team that means there's only two quarterbacks in this so there's only one or the other it's Zach Kalaros or it is um it is uh McLeod Bethel Thompson so in that let's just go ahead and start talking about those guys to be honest with you uh Zach Kalaros is sitting there at 1300 or 13,400 dollars And then uh, Bethel Thompson is at 12,400. So of these two, uh, Justin, which one do you want to roll out more in your lineups this week?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, And I would say maybe kind of shop around because some lineups you can just do all utility players because neither one of these quarterbacks has been super flashy lately. Um, You know, so it's kind of hard uh, to pick which one. So honestly, I'm going to go with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Um, that probably seems like a little bit of an underdog pick given the the teams, but Zach Kalaros hasn't been as flashy. Um, he's not been scoring as well the past four here as McLeod Bethel-Thompson has, and I think they're going to be playing from behind. So I think Bethel-Thompson's going to have to try to force that ball down the field. Hopefully that leads to some touchdowns and not interceptions. So yeah, I'm going to roll with him. How about you?
0: I, you have to at this point, because Kolaros is not a fantasy-friendly quarterback when it comes to just overall. And and you saw it in the last couple of weeks, too. I mean, 10 points last week against BC, 10 points against BC. He did have 20 against the, the Elks, but, I mean, you know, it, it's not necessarily that he's been the greatest. And the last time these two teams met, uh, it was it was McLeod-Bethel-Thompson that had the better of the two days, uh, where Kolaros had 12 points and, um, against the, the, uh, Argonauts and then McLeod, Bethel Thompson, Jesus Christ, Rod, <laughs> learn how to speak, uh, had 21 against the bombers. So, because, because from what I, what I think is going to happen is that the Toronto is going to have to throw a little bit more, uh, than, than Kalaros is going to have to. And even still when Kolaros does things, when they get close to the goal line, obviously he gets pulled out one and two, I mean, Brady Olivera has been able to get them in the end zone without even having to get close. So it feels like to me, Kalaros doesn't have to work as hard <laughs> as as my buddy MBT has to for his team.
1: No, I agree. And um, keep in mind in that Lions game, uh, Kalaros did get banged up, injured his ankle. He's listed as questionable now. I don't see any scenario in which he does not play, but you know, when they get towards that goal line, if they want to do a little quarterback run or something, I doubt they're having him do it, especially with a bad ankle. So then there's that little dark horse, you know, do you get cute and put into of Pruk up, save a lot of money, um, and have a guy that, you know, he does get some rushing touchdowns here and there. Um, he had one last week, actually. So that's if... I wouldn't recommend it, but if you're absolutely like, I'm not spending any of my DFS budget on either of these starters, that's that's kind of your dark horse of throwing in and saving a lot of cash.
0: I'll tell you right now, though, that th- the strategy of using backup quarterbacks is not a bad one a lot of times, especially when you know that they're going to be in that short yardage situation, like in in Montreal, right, where mm-hmm. uh, where Trevor Harris would come out and Dominic Davis would come in and, and get all the touchdowns. Sometimes he would have two. Sometimes he would have three. Uh, and so you would get three touchdowns out of him and almost score just as many points as if you would have paid up for Trevor Harris. So, yeah, it's not like you're getting cute with it. But, look, the fact of the matter is if you put McLeod Bethel-Thompson in, that's going to give you about $9,000 per player left to fill out the rest of the five spots and it's a little difficult to do when you're loading up the box with guys like Dembski and Schoen, who are both. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second, but uh, yeah, I mean you got to get creative when you if you're going to fit everybody in.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree.
0: Um, so all right, we both agree that McLeod Bethel Thompson is the better play of the two. Let's move over to the running back position, though, as again where we talk about there's only really two to pick from. So Brady Oliveira or, of course. Uh, Andrew Harris Oliveira is at ten thousand five hundred dollars, but interestingly enough, you had to scroll all the way down, sixty eight hundred. This this my friend is where you really beat the DFS gods on this. Andrew Harris sixty eight hundred dollars. What?
1: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, except that sure, he's just back from injury and um the the blue bombers just shut down james butler but you know this is the gray cup he's gonna come out wanting to prove himself he's fresh too because he has been injured so he's got fresh legs he's healthy he had a great game against montreal um just like we said you could tell he was running hard that's what he does so i i expect him to come out run hard and even if they do limit him some like you said, when we were talking about the picks, he's going to get his. So, um, yeah, I really like Andrew Harris at that price. I don't know how you don't at least put him in um, if you're doing a full lineup, you know, running back or flex, um, or if you're just doing the utility uh, setup, you, you got to put him on there either way.
0: 100% have to put him in there. It, it's, in, it's crazy to me to even think, just just to even think that Andrew Harris is below $8,000 in this instance. You know, it's just it's so crazy to think about it. But there he is. And and with Andrew Harris, you don't have to get necessarily all that cute like I like we talked about. I mean you can fit a McLeod Bethel Thompson and an Andrew Harris stack and, and have room to to fill up on other places as well. So um you know it's just it's crazy to think of, but you gotta take advantage of that. So I definitely think that. But look, if you really want to and if you think that Brady Oliveira is going to have himself a good day, um you know, at $10,500, that is pricey. Um, and you look at what he did last time against Toronto. He didn't really do very well. In fact, he had seven carries for 28 yards, three catches for six yards, good for a six-point day. Thinking that you look back at what he's done too, 23 points last week against BC, yeah, but seven points a week before that, two points the week before that, 24 against Edmonton, sure, but 13 against Saskatchewan, six against Hamilton. Um, Olivera's produced, but not consistently.
1: Yeah, agreed. And, you know, you look at that 24 against Edmonton. Um, I might be able to get 24 against Edmonton. <laughs> no offense to Elks fans. So, um, no, I agree with you. I was looking at the same thing about how, yeah, he's had some some games over 20 or, you know, in double digits. But when you look at it, he's actually had more that are single digits. So, as good as he is, um, not always getting those touchdowns that are really boosting the fantasy value
0: yep that's uh, and really, that's what you're looking for, especially here in these showdown slates is that you want you know, to get a little more creative than, than everybody else. People will probably end up loading up on Andrew Harris if they listen to the show because it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense for him to be that low. But okay, I, I feel like we've beat that one up uh, enough. <laughs> so let's turn our attention to the wide receiver position and you look at some of the more expensive wide receivers on the board. obviously Dalton Schoen, the the rookie that has just taken this entire league by storm uh, is there at $12,800. But I want to look more as well uh, at Nick Dembski. Um, I mean, we could talk about Shown real quick. What, I mean, he's a 12-8, obviously uh, priced up where he needs to be because this is a guy that consistently gives you – he's averaging 17 fantasy points per game this season. Um, has had some gigantic games, uh, one against the Elks where he scored 44 points. But, you know, uh, what do you think about Shown?
1: Yeah, I like him. I think if you're going to pay for a receiver, there's probably two or three to choose from between Sean Gittins and um, Dembski. Sean's probably my favorite out of those three to take because he's just been so consistent. He's been super consistent. He's very talented. And, um, you know, I just, he shows up when it matters. And I think that's what he's going to do in this uh, championship game here. So I, I definitely like Sean. I, I can justify spending the 12800 on him.
0: I certainly like shown in a cash game. Like I, I definitely, yeah. I definitely think that he's he's gonna do well for you in a cash game because um, obviously, should he put up the numbers that he's gonna put up, I, you know, you gotta assume that he's gonna at least score a touchdown in this game. Uh, and he's always peppered with targets. That's that's kind of not even a, an issue. Um, but I, again, I, I just feel like he's good in a cash game. But if you want to get, if you want to get a little bit different and creative. I'd, I'd go ahead and, and and load up on Dembski. Um, you just look at the, the last few games. He's had five catches, seven catches, five catches, five catches, uh, 12 points, 15 points, 22, 28, 15, 27. You know, you got to go, go pretty far back to find a single-digit performance out of him, and that was against Montreal in Week 10. So he's consistently giving you points, and at $11,700, that allows you to do a couple of things. It allows you to, to throw McLeod Bethel-Thompson in there, but it also allows you to fit Andrew Harris and Brady Oliveira, who I feel like are going to get probably more touches than any of these receivers in here and have more fantasy potential. So um I like that too to to fill it out. Um, you know, what what, what Nick Dembski allows you to have. Agreed. So uh is there another receiver that you're kind of getting your eyes on there?
1: There's one, um, kind of a budget play at 7,800 i've been a big fan of this guy all year Rashid bailey um you know he's averaged just 10 fantasy points a game but he's had some big ones with um you know against bc in week 19 he had 38 week 15 against hamilton he had 19 week 14 against saskatchewan 19. he's a guy that um is pretty consistent and you know he can have those big games and at only 7,800 I think you get a lot of good value there for him
0: people forget that just last season though Rashid Bailey was one of the breakout players and and before uh before all of the the big stuff was going on around him like before Dalton showing um you know Rashid Bailey was the guy that people had their eyes on him and Walatarski so uh yeah I mean in a great cup Situation, I, I think he could come through. I'll give you another name, and that's on the Toronto side of it. And that's DeVaris Daniels. Uh, tend to get overlooked in that one with Brandon Banks being there. But DeVaris Daniels has produced for the Argonauts over the last few games and doesn't need a lot of touches to do it. Three catches, 108 yards, uh, and a touchdown against uh, the Alouettes last week. Uh, three catches, 51 yards was probably a down week, but three catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown against Edmonton in Week 19. Uh, good for 17 fantasy points. Um, you know, he's been able to produce here over the last back half of the season. And and now McLeod Bethel-Thompson is starting to look his way because teams are starting to roll uh, their coverage to Brandon Banks to try to make Brandon... And boy, poor Brandon. He didn't have a very good outing last week. Uh, just frustration all the way around for him. Seven points on the day. But he hasn't had a, a great season at all, honestly. Um, so it's, it was tough for him last week. It's definitely tough for him now.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: So 547, uh, receiving yards for Brandon Banks, who was coming off of a thousand yard season with the tie cats last year, four touchdowns on the season, just not a factor in double blue, which is sad because the guy's so talented.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So. Um. All right. Well, we'll go over. We gave you McLeod, Bethel, Thompson. Obviously, Andrew Harris. We talked about Sean and Demski and and Oliveira. Um. And then Rasheed Bailey as well. Those are all names to keep an eye on. Um. And really, there's nobody else down the line that that kind of. Eh, anybody that's down here in the in the four thousand five thousand dollar range. I mean, you could pick a, a um a defense if you really wanted to, but I don't know that I'm going to pick either one of these defenses.
1: Yeah. Um. That's tough, but I, I agree with you there. I don't think I would.
0: Well, not when you can fit a lineup like this: like McLeod Bethel Thompson, Andrew Harris, Nick Dembski, Brady Oliveira, and Davaris Daniels. That that's the lineup that I've got going right now. That zeroes it out too, by the way, which is crazy. Nice. So that is
1: that's uh, efficient use there.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, that that's the lineup that I put together. That if you can fit all of those guys in there, there's no reason to go anywhere else.
1: Yep, agreed. So
0: um all right well justin i i we double packed this one man this is a the last episode of the season uh the last game of the season so uh, i want to thank you for stepping in in the second half like i said it's just uh got tough to schedule things at night so for you to be able to do this buddy uh it was it was great
1: absolutely it's been fun being here thanks for having me
0: absolutely all right well then as we wrap things up uh i want to say thank you guys for listening to this season uh, and thanks for hanging with us during the course of the season. We hope you enjoyed. You hope you had a profitable season, and uh, you know hopefully we'll be back again next season. But if not, uh, we'll definitely see you soon and around the SGPN. And definitely follow us on on our socials. So Justin, where can they find you on the social media world?
1: Yeah, best place is on Twitter at JMarkFootball.
0: Follow him. He's got tons of stuff going on USFL, XFL, uh, whatever FL is out there. Justin's on it NFL. <laughs> Uh, I, I heard he's covering some tiddlywings somewhere. I don't know. It's <laughs> something that we're going to do. All right. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I've got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media. Doesn't matter. It's all there. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. End of the season. Enjoy the great cup. Enjoy the cold weather. Enjoy CFL football. And until next time, let it ride.